T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of the show. And still to come, Katie Meyer will join us. Uh, The women won yesterday in senior day at home. They finished the regular season with two straight wins. They'll go to the ACC tournament this week. And uh, so we'll talk with Katie Meyer coming up in about 20 minutes. Gino Damari also joins us. Hurricanes in the baseball polls. Baseball America has them at number six. D1 Baseball has them at number seven. Perfect game at number 11. And Collegiate Baseball has them ranked at number nine. They had a 4-0 week. uh, Swept Towson over the weekend. They will play at FAU on Wednesday. And then uh, next weekend, conference play begins on Friday night, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Miami will play Pittsburgh. 3 o'clock game on Friday afternoon because of television. The Hurricanes will open up conference play against Pitt at 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon. They'll play 7 o'clock on Saturday night. We'll have that game on our sister station, 790 The Ticket. And uh, Sunday afternoon, We'll have that game as well. Kevin Rogers will handle the game for me on Sunday as we'll be taking off for Greensboro and ACC basketball. So Gino Damari joins us tonight at 740. Today was the first day of spring football practice, uh, day one of spring football. The uh, spring game will be April the 11th, so you got uh, six weeks or so of football coming up for you, a chance uh, to get uh, reinvigorated by University of Miami football. Derek King was out there today. The spread offense was in operation today. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Don Bailey Jr. was there as well. Zach McLeod at linebacker is back for a fifth year. You know my mantra. The best teams, or one of the, way, one of the ways Miami could get better, is get older. That's been a, a problem, holding on to players, uh, keeping the roster together. Zach McLeod took a redshirt season a year ago, so he comes back. He'll anchor the linebacker position for Miami. He gives them experience. He gives them leadership. Zach McLeod back for a fifth year and spoke with Don Bailey Jr. All right, we're joined with senior, fifth-year senior, Zach McLeod. And Zach, spring football, what's your impression of today when you come out as a team? Everybody wants to know, is the energy back? How's it going? Tell us what happened. 
I mean, we're a bunch of guys that love playing the game. We love to play it more importantly with each other. You know, so the energy is always going to be there. That's an emphasis, you know, by the coach, that, that connection that's all, all, us all being, you know, stuck together and everything we do uh, is tied to each other. So, of course, we're, we're happy and excited to be out here playing the game. Everybody's going to want to know, how's the offense? What's the difference? What's the tempo like? Let's start. What, what's your first impression of this offense? It's fast. You don't have no time to celebrate a play. Or, you know, you do something good, it's the next play. You do something bad, next play. You know, so it's good for, for having that next play mentality and making sure, you know, you're not really stuck on what happened in the past, success or failure. Um, but the main thing is we're going to be so much in shape um, just having to run those plays back to back. You're a guy that's always been in shape, always been in condition, but I, I think it's going to raise – everybody talks about how the offense has to be in shape. It's going to get the defense in shape too, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, we have no choice. It's, it, mentally and physically, you know, we're getting the call. We don't get the call until the offense is already on the field about to run their play, and that's that's by design, you know. So we're we're putting high-stress situations, trying to, you know, make sure everybody knows their job, but you don't have time to think about it. You just – it has to, be, has to be in you. So that extra film time is so crucial. You know, Zach, I was out and I spent a lot of time watching the quarterbacks and everybody that was here looks like they have improved. Mm -hmm. And then King comes in and, man, he's got an arm to him, doesn't he? Yeah. No, he can put it right where you need it. And that's that's one of the things that's so frustrating about guarding the guy that he's throwing to. You know, you think you got him covered up and he'll throw it right to the dude's fingernails. Like, you know, he could throw a quarter in my pocket from the other side of the field. He's something else. So let's go to defense again. For, for linebacker success, you need defensive line success. You've got mm -hmm. Phillips out there. You've got Roche out there. You've yeah. got new faces on the, uh, the defensive end spot. How are they coming along? I mean, everybody's coming out. They're, they're all out here working. Nobody, um, you know, as, as, as highly touted as some of, the guys, some of the guys out here are, you know, nobody has a big head. I think the guys are coming out here. We're, we're starting from the bottom. The coaches make sure everybody know, you know, nobody has any status as far as how we're, how, you know, you come out on the field, you mess up, you messed up. You know, it doesn't matter if you're this guy or that guy. It's just it's all about working, and they understand that, and it shows when they're playing. Behind you, the secondary, you got some new faces. You're going to have some new opportunities for everybody. Mm -hmm. How are they performing against this fast-paced offense? Again, you know, everybody's – um, we've all been studying this film hard. We spent a lot of extra time without the coaches in this building, you know, trying to make sure the, the, the screws are tightened up and, you know, that the coaches have, have to do as little coaching as possible. You know, if anything, they're coaching technique. We don't want them to have to coach them, coach us on an alignment or an assignment error. Um, and they're still going to come, of course, you know, with the fast-paced offense. And, uh, but the young guys behind us, they're really, they're really doing their, their job to make sure everything gets tightened up on the back end. I'm proud of them for that. So, Zach, how do you handle the guys that are – the true freshman that enrolled early. You're a guy that's a fifth-year man that mm -hmm. started and would have started four consecutive years if you didn't take the time out to come back and, and make the best for you. Mm -hmm. What are you teaching these freshmen? Well, it's really – so I can relate to them because I came in, you know, I was an early enrollee mm -hmm. as well, and um, with Shaq and Mike, Patton, all those guys that came in early with me. Um, and it's just it's, it's just trying to talk to them about the same things that I wish somebody would have told me when I was coming in, you know. But it's, it's – it's really not a whole lot to it, actually. It's just make sure you're, you're where you're supposed to be. Check your team works, the, the app that has our schedule on it. Talk to the older guys, you know what I'm saying, and try to take their jobs. Let's go to you for a minute. I'm going to say forever and ever that one of the, the smartest moves that I've seen made by a student athlete at the University of Miami is you deciding to come back. Thank you. And to be the best you. And, I mean, really, that's academically, that's on the football field, that's as, as a man down the road. How's it been so far, knowing that you really are the leader of this football team? You're not a defensive leader. You're a leader of this football team. Sir. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's one of the biggest blessings in my life right now. Really, 
you know, I, when I thought about the decision, I was like, you know, this is going to be another year of hard work, and, and, and that's exactly what it is, but I'm so happy about that. You know, another year of preparation. A lot of people I know, you know, outside of this building are run from hard work, and they, they, they thought of the decision. They were like, man, you got to do all that and, and not get paid. And, I, you know, it's, this, is, this is for the betterment of myself, and so I can go out on that field and put out the best product, the best me, you know, that I can be. And that's, it's really exciting for me to come out here every day and try to be just chipping away, you know. When you think about the comment people make about you're doing all of this and not getting paid, actually, you're just deferring the payment. You're, do, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're waiting for a bigger payment. That's uh -huh. the idea, isn't it? That's, that's definitely another way to think about it. You know, right now, my mind is right now is just focused on, for my pride, you know, coming out here. I, don't, I, I hate looking at the film and seeing mistakes and seeing, you know, I could have done this better or that better. So I really want to sharpen up and just be the best middle linebacker, real linebacker, whatever they got me doing at the University of Miami that I can be. And whatever comes after that is what comes after that. Was your family pretty excited about knowing for sure you're going to leave here with a degree and maybe even get some master's work done? They're definitely excited about that. I had to deal with some, you know, this is a mixed crowd. So some of them are like, man, I want to see you play on Sundays. And, you know, that, that'll come. You know, that's all in the, in the books for me. But, um, you know, I know my mom's more of the excited, like, you know, my baby gets to get his master's degree. And, you know, I know I, know I got a lot of people rooting for that as well. How about Coach Diaz in year two? What, what, what growth have you seen from Coach Diaz? He makes, he makes the moves. You know, he, he knows um, what needs to be done around here. Um, and he's always he's, he's just he's so analytical about everything. He's just, a, just the same way he was on defense. You know, just he's like a computer, just processing every bit of information that comes in. He's making those adjustments and those, those movements, and he's not afraid to do it. Um, and, and that's one of the things I really admired about watching him over the years and one of the things I hope to, you know, take from him, you know, and, and put into my own life. Thanks for spending time with us. And, man, I'm glad to see you as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. All right, Zach McLeod joining us here on the Hurricane Hotline. And I'll be uh, interested to see how this all works out for him. I think it's going to be a very positive uh, for him and for the team. There, there are some there are some of the experts and the scouts that think of the three linebackers he had the biggest upside because of his size and because of his range. Uh, so uh, I think this is going to be very beneficial to him and, uh, certainly glad to have him back. It makes the linebacker spot, uh, gives the linebacker spot uh, age and experience. Otherwise, uh, they would be a little bit tough, uh, be a little more uh, difficult for the University of Miami at that spot uh, this year because it would have been a complete overhaul. But uh, Zach would be anchoring that and be the big anchor on the defense. Now, the other side, uh, today the no-huddle spread offense uh, debuted. Derek King was on the show a week ago. Uh, Brett Lashley had them up and running and uh, nobody looked like they were winded, looked like they were very much into uh, the new offense, new offensive concept. Coach Diaz told us a couple of weeks ago in the show this will take Miami out of their comfort zone. Uh, but today they look pretty comfortable running it now. This is day one. you got a long way to go. Corey Gaynor played every game last year, probably uh, damn near every snap for Miami uh, at center. And Corey Gaynor was in the middle of the action today and uh, spoke with Don Bailey Jr. All right, we're joined with Miami center. My man, really, Corey Gaynor, right? The guy that gets uh, a smile on everybody's face. And speaking of smiles, it's like Christmas morning. You're playing football again. Yeah, no doubt. I love football, and I'm glad we're playing again. And uh, I haven't, the smile hasn't left my face since uh, 6.30 this morning. Well, you're glad you're playing again, but you're in shape, too. Let's, let's not kid anybody. To run this offense, you've got to be in condition. Yeah, definitely. The offense is uh, very high tempo, very fast paced. But uh, ultimately, the players make the scheme, so we all have to work hard each and every day. So what's it been like in the offseason, especially the last month or so, trying to get a grip on this offense? Uh, it's, it's 
it's been good. Uh, we've all been working extremely hard in our own position groups, and we've been meeting uh, the O-line, just I could speak for us, we've been meeting and working uh, on the plays on the board, watching film from past teams do it, and uh, we're just trying to get the hang of it. So, and Corey, in reality, they can talk about the offense all they want. The players got to decide to win the football games and decide that this is going to be a great team. Yeah, no doubt. We have to own that, and we have to make sure we're working extremely, extremely hard because players make the plays, not the, not the schemes. And offensive line-wise, you've got uh, Jalen Rivers in. Talk, talk about him first, and we'll go to Chris Washington. Well, Jalen Rivers, uh, obviously a highly touted kid, but didn't come in here with an ego. He came and worked hard, and uh, I'm glad that he's on our football team. And then Chris Washington from out of state, big yeah. kid now. Yeah, he's huge. He makes me look like a child. But uh, Chris is awesome. He's uh, It's his first practice with us today, so we're getting some kinks out with him, but uh, it's like that everybody's first practice. All right, you got a new line coach, right? We've got co we've got Coach Justin, who's who's been around this offense. He's coordinated. He's got a lot of experience. What's been your impression of him? Uh, he's very transparent. Coach Justice is uh, not going to tell you what you want to hear. He's going to tell you what you need to hear. And he's an extremely hard coacher. And he he's going to be great for this program and great for our offensive line. Where do you see the improvement coming from, aside from maturity, from last year's group? Yeah, it's every, you're a first-time starter, you're the left tackle, everybody's first-time starters, it seems, at that position last year. What did that experience do for you? Um, it's growing pains, honestly, That if that's what I had to describe to everybody uh, last season. But the thing that is going to improve this year more than anything that I know I'm going to control is my leadership. I have to make sure that everybody is held accountable every second of every day. And I'm not just going to say that. I'm obviously going to do it. But um, that, that, that's where we're going to turn this thing around, hard work and accountability. Let's clarify this, too, because you've got some very good quarterbacks in that quarterback room, guys that are freshmen and true freshmen and starters and guys from other programs. This football team wants the best quarterback to be on the field, period. No doubt. Um, with that being said, we got four quarterbacks competing for a spot, um, and the best one will win. And there's, we're not going to take sides, but we're going to rally around a guy who's willing to make this, this offense his life. You look at this defense, been pretty stout since the day you got here, and I go out and I see some some talent again and again and again. You lost you lost a bunch of linebackers. It's nice to have Zach McLeod back, but that defensive line is pretty impressive. Yeah, the, those those guys are obviously impressive. They're extremely hard workers and they're extremely good football players. And uh, I'm glad that they're on our team one, and I'm glad that we get to compete against them every single day too. All right, man, keep smiling. You got 14 more practices. No doubt. All right, buddy. See. You. All right, that's Corey Gaynor, Douglas High School's Corey Gaynor. By the way, you follow recruiting and all that stuff. Miami got a huge commitment from a Douglas offensive lineman today. Six foot seven, six foot eight, two hundred and fifty-five pound junior offensive lineman. So uh, that's good news as they try to uh, improve that offensive line spot. Of course, uh, got a year and a half for that thing to uh, hold on to. But a nice commitment today from a. Huge Douglas offensive lineman. When we come back, we'll move our attention now back to basketball, University of Miami women's basketball. Katie Meyer joins us next right here on the Hurricane Hotline. Now back to Hurricane. 
Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Great to have you back on the show. And uh, great to have Dan Day with us in the command center tonight. Operating the show. The University of Miami women's basketball team. It was a marvelous day yesterday. Four players in double figures as uh, the Hurricanes defeated Pittsburgh on senior day. Joining us now, University of Miami women's head coach, Katie Meyer. Coach, good evening. Thanks for being with us. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. And uh, how was senior day for you yesterday? Nice result. I know that much. (laughs) Yeah, emotional as always. And just honestly a little bit more emotional this year just because of – who we were celebrating and, and how much she's been through, you know, it was really crazy. Um, and I'm so glad that she came back home after, you know, I'm so glad Beatrice came back after going to Baylor first and uh, was able to have the love and support and the comfort of her family in this community because, um, you know, she's had some adversity and uh, she's been really strong. So it was, it was just a great day to celebrate just an amazing, uh, you know, student athlete. Uh, Beatrice mom premier, her ninth, Double-double of the season, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, second double-double since coming back uh, from the injury in the yeah. season of what could have been. Of course, she missed a great part of the season, but has made a huge difference as you've won uh, back-to-back games now with her in the lineup. Yeah, and, and really played very, very well at Boston College with her not even having practice. So it, it's amazing what – one player can do for the confidence of their entire team, you know, their team and the, the, the just the strategies and the, I mean, whether she scores or not, just her presence out there has really helped free up like a Kelsey Marshall, I think who's playing great since Beatrice has been back and, and Brianna Jackson, who was just carrying such a heavy load as a freshman trying to replace a fifth year senior all American player of the year candidate, you know, and uh, you're a freshman, you show up, you think you're going to play, you know, hopefully I play five minutes a game and I have a nice little role. And we're like, hey, you're starting and we need double doubles. I mean, it's just been a lot on, on Bree. And I think she's just she's playing great now that Beatrice is back a lot freer. So it's it's been fun. You know, it's a real story and, and resilience and perseverance. That's for sure. Uh, I do want to get to the ACC tournament in a moment. I took a pretty good peek at those brackets at the bracket. And I think you can do a lot of damage in the tournament. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but you, you, you did have four players in double figures yesterday. We mentioned Beatrice. Uh, Kelsey Marshall scored 21 for you. Mikea Gray had 19, and, and uh, Jackson had 11. And you mentioned Kelsey Marshall, but uh, nice to see a balanced effort. It really was, and it didn't start out that way. When you really look at, I mean, our first five minutes of that basketball game, we had one field goal and one free throw. I mean, we were struggling on the offensive end. Uh, in a very positive way, though. I mean, we gave Beatrice the ball in every awkward position you could ever give someone a basketball just to try to make sure her senior night, you know, just like a, it was like a thank you, B, thank you, B. We kept throwing in, but it wasn't it wasn't a gift. She was double teamed. She was stuffed. I mean, it was it was it was an unbelievable. It was just bad basketball with great intentions, you know. Mm-hmm. So she we 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 gave her like six shots and none of them were good, and she kept trying and. Finally, I had to say at a timeout, hey, guys, you know what? B's going to get hers. She's got hers her whole career. Calm down. Like, you guys got to find your own shots, and that'll open her up. And once 
Kelsey and Mikea and, and, you know, India started hitting, um, it really opened things up for, for Beatrice. And so a, a very nice way to conclude uh, the regular season. Of course, the other night uh, was a hard-fought road victory for you. Yeah, and those are rare, and we cherish them. You know, we say, uh, you know, road wins count double, but ACC road wins, we count them as three. They're just an, an amazing thing to get, and we struggled this year on the road overall. So we've been picking up the road wins lately, and, um, you know, that's a really tough place to win, and Wake Forest is a very veteran team. So uh, we played great. I mean, we had 18 assists. We shared the ball. Um, we we really, really – a lot of skip passes, which is something we hadn't shown all year. And we get the ball over our head and we start finding our shooters. And then if our shooters are hitting, we go inside. And just basic basketball. But, you know, the formula was working. And, and then it worked again against Pitt. And then, um, obviously, we got to keep that rolling going into Greensboro. Okay, so you're going to go to Greensboro. Uh, you're going to play on Wednesday. You have Clemson. You draw Clemson in the first round. Yeah, and it's 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 crazy, but in the last two years we've played Clemson three times, but Beatrice has not been in any of the games. <laughs> so, and last year, unfortunately, it was you know after her father passed, and um, and then the two times we played him this year, um, she wasn't she wasn't healthy. So it, it it's it's going to be a new it's a new twist for for this rivalry, which will be a great rivalry. Obviously, the coach at Clemson, Amanda Butler, and I, and she was my assistant at Charlotte for four years. Um, we're very good friends. Our families are close. Um, so that's always an underlying story. But I think this time it's more about um, you know for the first time, Beatrice has been at Miami. It's the first time she'll play Clemson, and um, we're going to really try to see how much that changes our strategy and how much that changes the game. Uh, you go in as the number 11 seed. You don't feel like, to me, you don't feel like uh, an 11 seed. Uh, the tip-off is at 630, uh, so that'll be uh, later, a game later in the day. Clemson, uh, what are some of the challenges, do you think, uh, uh, facing Clemson? Of course, you mentioned they've never seen Be- – they have not had to play against Beatrice, so that's going to be a big challenge for them as well. Yeah, they, they're a zone-based team, you know, and they've done a great job um, with different – you know, some people say a 2-3. I mean, nobody plays a traditional 2-3 anymore. It's either a matchup, it's a siding zone, it's a blocking zone, it's all these things. You know, you ice, you do all these new terms, right? But um, they do all of them. So it's it's a zone it's a zone concept zone, but they'll they'll match up and it'll feel like man to man. They'll they'll take a couple people out. They'll face guard out of their zone. They'll trap out of their zone. So um, you you just better have a team that knows you know, has great chemistry and can share the basketball because if you don't, they're going to separate you. They're going to, they're going to block you. They're going to keep your good players away from the ball. They do a fantastic job of that. And so it's nice to have, you know, last time we played them at Clemson, we actually freed up our post players had a lot of assists. Somebody like Jameer Houston had like four assists. Um, Melina Johnson, City Baba, she did a great job of, of moving the ball, and that's that's how you have to beat them. So you have to go through your post players. Um, it's nice to have uh, you know the six five option, but that's going to be a big challenge for us. Yeah, this is a long road to hoe uh, coming out of uh, uh, playing having to play on Wednesday. But if you win, uh, or when you win, uh, Boston College is in the on deck circle. Yeah, th- I mean. You know, as a coach, you're not supposed to look forward, but you, you do look at the bracket. I mean, you, sure. you do. We gave it to our kids today in film. I mean, that's what you do. You say, hey, this is March. Um, the biggest deal is right now, you know, they're, we're undefeated in March. And I know that if we stay undefeated in March, then, you know, everyone's going to be celebrating Miami. And that's the, that's the point. You know, in, in November and December, 
you might gain your confidence, but you don't gain a reputation. You know, volleyers like big time players in March, they get stops and they hit shots. It's that's what defines a basketball player. So nobody cares what you did in February. Nobody cares what you did in January. It's all about March and uh, we're playing really well. So we have games in March, you know, We've had one game. We have another guaranteed game. How many more games can we get in March, and, and what can we do with your legacy? And that's that's my whole – that's where my mind is right now. Well, uh, I hope I say this properly, but if these, these matchups were regular season games with your team at full strength, you would look at this and say, we have very reasonable chance of beating these teams. It's Boston College and Duke that are in your bracket, and you have beaten those teams in the past. Right, and and – did and played very well uh, this year against both of them. And like I said, the, you know, we played Boston College. Beatrice had not even scrimmaged. I was told five to ten minutes, and then she got in there, and she yeah. was really great. So we got about 12 out of her in that game. But um, it was more, you know, uh, I, we feel good. But also, I mean, we played Duke without her, and I thought that was one of our better games, to be honest. And Duke had a couple of special performances and big moments where they had to answer, and they did. Um, but, you know, we're – I would be more. I, I'd be thinking more about the other coaches who are who drew Miami than than who Miami has drawn. I, I, I think that we're a, we're a scary matchup, and I don't think anybody wants us right now. And 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 I like that. I like to be, I like to be in that position. Yeah, I think uh, I think um, you're going to do some damage in this uh, ACC tournament. The uh, who I'm looking at the first teams and the second teams that were released. The all ACC teams. Uh, who were the players, maybe off the top of your head, uh, that maybe you, you were most impressed with this year? Maybe they gave you the uh, toughest time playing against them or tough time coaching against them. Who maybe were one or two of the top players that you thought, well, man, this, this yeah. player is really, really good? Well, you know, I, I think sometimes you look at stats, but I always look at, like, the competitive moments in a game and, and, and who wills their team to victory. And I, I really thought that Haley Gorecki this year from Duke, um, there was a moment Duke had a very, very bad preseason. They, they weren't connecting. They weren't as healthy. They weren't good. And there was a moment, and I really believe I knew the game. They were at Clemson and they were getting beat and they were getting beat bad. And they made this huge comeback, but they didn't win. But in that moment, you just saw this team transform. And I think Haley Gorecki, from Duke has had an amazing season in how competitive she is. And, you know, she almost averages a triple-double. Like, she's done a lot of unbelievable stats. But if, if 20 rebounds was needed, she can get you that. If 30 points was needed, she's done that. If 10 assists were needed. And so those competitive players that just look around and see what their team needs, um, I've been just stunned by her uh, effort this year. I, I think she she's had an amazing year. And um, I, I, I think the one of the also, also like amazing stories this year was the effort that was done at Virginia Tech, like their entire team. They lost a lot. They were, they've, they've been in NIT. They've been a great team, um, you know, really balanced. But this year they had a couple of newcomers that just came in and really elevated their team. They had enough players that had the experience of, of close wins and close losses. And then they had some new play new players with some fresh mentality that's really there you have a freshman uh, kitley and then a fifth year graduate transfer taja cole and those two players have have been as impactful as any newcomers have been this year in the league what do you think the acc or how many do you think from the acc will get to the tournament well i mean it'd be a shame if we don't get six i mean we've been we've had eight we've had nine um we haven't had the best year in terms of uh overall and then of course we get into the conference and 
everybody beats everybody, like I said. I mean, Clemson beat Duke, if you think about that right now and think about where they're standing. But that was a game I watched, and Clemson was better. You know, it the, uh, us, Miami, I mean, we, we, we're going to go and we're going to beat some people and we're going to ruin some seasons, and, and that's, that's you know, Notre Dame. When you think about Notre Dame, I mean, they go and they, they beat Florida State. So um, it, our league in a non-conference, we were young. You know, we lost a lot. Everybody lost a lot. And then when we got into conference, it's the first time we've played 18 games, and it's it's really kind of caused as much damage as it's caused elevating, you know, because there's two more games, which means, you know, 30 more losses. You know, there's a lot more losses in the conference. And um, so as we figure it out, I think uh, next year we'll handle a lot more in the non-conference, and then we'll be back to the 8-9 that we're supposed to. You know, I, I, I um, kind of overlooked that part of the conversation the extra games inside the ACC, but I know just from watching the uh, men play, and they've expanded that from uh, 16 yeah. to 18 to 20, and, yeah. you know, they're beating the hell out of each other, but it's uh, it's mentally, it is, people might think, oh, it's, what's two games? But two games is a lot. I mean, it's, it's a, it, it's, it's you know, there's a lot of arguments, and obviously the inventory and the rivalries and the fan base and the marketing and the network and all that. I mean, I know that's a real positive. So it's going to – the positives are coming, but both men and women, we jumped up. You know, we jumped up and we had more inventory. And listen, now, you schedule two and three years out. Like, yeah. you do schedule far out. You have these longstanding – you know, we have Oregon State. we got to go to, you know, Corvallis next year. Like, they're a great team. These are long-term contracts that you get into. And so when you get into them um, and then you all of a sudden add some more games, it just takes, it takes a year or two to sort of adjust. And once we all adjust, it's going to be awesome. But this is the year it's caught sort of, I think, and the women's basketball side, it's sort of caught all of us in a, in a scheduling flux a little bit. You know, I do think it's a worthwhile conversation for the league to, to, to have because I do understand what they're saying. It's more games on the women's side, more, more conference games. Uh, which they think is better for the ACC network. On the other hand, on the other hand, um, like you just said, this you're you're taking your team to the Pacific Northwest. You've created these matchups, some great matchups, yeah. and right. and I think personally, one of the things that made Miami football great, and one of the reasons why the brand is so strong, is when they were winning, when we were winning uh, those championships. They're also going to Notre Dame and Michigan and. Right. Uh, Washington and Texas, and so you're exposing your program to a wider geographic map. And I don't know that the ACC, you know, taking a look at this, going, okay, let's play more conference games. If that's better than than expanding your geographic map, exposing your conference to the West Coast or the Midwest or whatever it might be. Right. And, you know, that's that's the decision that is made at a level above me, you right. know, and, right. and I'm, I'm all in it. You know, we're, I'm, I'm a big ACC proponent and I think it's the best conference in across the board in all the sports, certainly with the academic reputation that, you know, when you're competing, you know who you're competing against and, you know, it's a full of integrity academic institution. You know, they're not doing shortcuts. I mean, you know that and you have a lot of pride. So I love the games, you know, I, I'm but I also love that at the end of the day, like more than half of our league should be in the NCAA. You know, that's been the tradition in women's basketball. We have been the number one RPI team. We're not this year. It, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors. We lost so much talent from the league last year. And then the two most important returning players, like the two, two, 
females that decided to come back instead of forego instead of go to the WNBA is Tiana Mangakaya from Syracuse, and unfortunately she was diagnosed with breast breast cancer. She would have been one of the candidates for preseason player of the year, but she's missed the entire season. And then Beatrice Montpremier, who has missed you know, 13 conference games. So that also, the two reigning stars that we had returning, um, you know, had, had tough circumstances this year. So there's a lot of factors. So it'll play out, and the league's going to be the number one again. Um, so that's where we're at, you know. And, and right now we're going to go in that tournament and, and try to establish uh, our dominance again. Is there a team, excluding their talent, a team uh, style-wise, also excluding Miami, that in the tournament, because I know you would you, you would be tough to play. I know the answer, uh, but is there another team because of their style when they get out of conference play will be hard for somebody to handle? Like a surprise team? Not so much a surprise team, but a team that play you play a distinct style. I think if, when you're out of yeah. conference, you're going to be you know you're hard to play, and I think that would make you a very hard tournament team. Is there a team that yeah. when they get to the NCAA tournament because of you their know, style? Just the opposite of our style, I think Georgia Tech this year, which was, I mean, our, our matchups with them, we played them twice, we split, you know. They beat us at home, we beat them at home in two games where each team had a significant lead. Um, I, I, we had a decent lead. I think we had like 14-point lead. I know we were down 18 or 20 at halftime at home and came back and beat them, but their style is to slow it down, to be very efficient in their possessions, to score 50 points a game. They're number one, when we played them the first time, number one in defensive you know, scoring I mean, in the nation. And, and then you have us. So when we play each other, it was such a dramatic pendulum swing of, of basketball games. But I think when Georgia Tech... Um, the way they defend and, and they really choose angles and they're very spatial in their defense and they're very physical. They got great size and they got an incredibly high basketball IQ, but you know, they want to win 52 to 50. Um, and that style, um, you know, you have to be very familiar with it. And I have played them a couple of times to beat them. Um, and then our style with the traps and multiple defenses. And we'd love to, we'd love to be 80, you know, 80 to 75. I mean, so when those two teams match up, it, it was an interesting matchup this year. So I think both of us uh, uh, have different styles than just your average team. And, and we can't leave this out. Uh, Mikea Gray named all ACC defensive team and <laughs> leads the league in steals with 64. Right. What a season she's had. I mean, uh, but I think Mikea, you know, she led the ACC in steals and, and did it. Um, a lot of them were in transition. So, I mean, you're thinking – it's one thing to, to sit there in a happy, you know, you play Tony Bennett or Dick Bennett's defense, right? You sit there, yeah. you stand in the gaps, you anticipate passing lanes, you, you, you have a scout report. You're, I'm telling you, Mikea Grace deals are, you know, full speed. Um, somebody's making a move there. You got to go to the scout report and they're downhill attacks. I mean, she's getting steals um, in transition. She's getting steals off of six foot five players who, you know, dribble the ball and she goes and gets it. So she did a lot of what we call stunt steals. She did a lot of uh, scout steals. She did a lot of gap steals. I mean, she really, really uh, mentally had a very, very high-level year defensively, so I'm really glad that they recognize that. It's a, it's a lot of work that that kid puts in. Well, as uh, always, want to thank you, and as always, you're great at this radio thing. Uh, so <laughs> thank you very much, and such a, a great representative of the University of Miami and uh, spokesperson. Proud to be there. Yeah. Proud to be. Yeah, I just I love this. I love this place, and uh, we're going to make you proud. Greensboro is well, going to be a good time. You're you're also a great spokesperson for women's basketball, which is important as well. And uh, thanks for being with us here tonight. The best of luck in Greensboro. 
All right, let's go Canes. All right. Bye. That's the University of Miami head coach Katie Meyer. When we come back, we'll talk baseball. Gino Damari in the on-deck circle. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. All right, back on the show, Hurricanes baseball team had a good week, went 4-0, swept Towson yesterday in the top 10 in uh, just about every single baseball poll. Joining us right now, University of Miami head coach Gino Damari. Coach, good evening. How are you? I'm good, Joe. How you doing? Very good. Thanks for being with us. Uh, good week for Hurricanes baseball. Uh, you had to be satisfied with your starting pitching, that's for sure, this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I've been, well, our starting pitching's been excellent all, all yeah. year so far. I mean, uh, the three starts that they've had, the three weekends, they've been excellent. And, of course, we knew going into it, our, our, one of the strengths of our team is our starting pitching. So, um, you know, Brian Van Bell, Chris McMahon, and, of course, Slade Ciccone all have done an excellent job. And, uh, you know, we're certainly, you know, that sets the tone right there. The pitching's so important in our sport. And when you have those guys throwing, I mean, we feel like we have three Friday night guys. And um, with those three guys, they can beat anybody. So that gives us and our team a lot of confidence. You know, I mentioned yesterday your, your team batting average probably isn't exactly where you want it to be. The home runs are there, 12 home <laughs> runs. Yeah. But it, virtually every game up until this weekend has been played in some kind of unusual yeah. weather. And I think as the weather <laughs> changes, so will the hitting. I mean, the, the, yeah. poster, the poster of UM baseball this year, weather-wise, I think was the other day when Gill hit the home run in a driving rainstorm because that's pretty much what it's been. It's been, yeah, the, well, we had cool air, so we've had, uh, you know, the Gator series with the wind was blowing straight in. Of course, great pitching and low-scoring games, as you would expect with that, elements. And, uh, of course, uh, this past weekend, the wind was blowing in the entire weekend. And that game you're mentioning, uh, the South Florida game, it was pouring down. We've had a lot of rain, too, with wind and blowing. It's just not been great elements for offense. That's not to make an excuse or justify our offense certainly needs to be better. I felt like we swung the bat much better on on the weekend. And certainly Sunday, we only ended up with eight hits, but we hit the ball hard. It's just the ball's getting knocked down. And at the end of the day, the number one stat is the, 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 the W column. That's the stat that means the most. So uh, our guys are doing a good job. We're getting better. We know we have a good offensive team. We're very confident with our guys. And uh, we're, I'm sure the elements will change and we'll be getting that wind, which our prevailing wind, which is blowing out the left field. Yeah, well, just, just not rain. I mean, even in the Rutgers series, uh, two of those games yeah. were played in, 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 in rain. Um, I mentioned this, too, in the dugout yesterday. I look at your team. It's just my observation. Yeah. And you, to me, you can see a team that's very confident. And I think that's going to play out as the season unfolds. Well, they better be. I mean, you're going to have to play this game. You, if you're going to be good, you better be confident. And, um, you know, we uh, we should be. I mean, we, we came off of a year last year with a lot of young guys that um, was a good year. And almost not many teams can say this, but almost all of our guys are back. And they're better. There's no doubt guys have improved. They're better. Um, some guys are struggling and fighting with it a little bit. But I, I, 
have all the confidence in the world in our team. I really have. I, I'm, you know, we're pushing them hard. We're, 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 we're tough on our guys, and we the expectations are different now. Because last year, you know, the expectations might not have has been as high, and they're very high this year. They're back, but they're where they should be, yeah. and where we need to be moving forward. And so, our guys uh, need to learn to play with that high expectation and that confidence that Miami players always played with. This team has that ability to be that kind of team. And, yes, I think I, I'm glad to hear you say that, uh, that you felt like they, did, they do have the confidence. Even after, you know, having a tough weekend with Florida, you can't lose that confidence. This is a long season, a lot of games to be played. And we have to believe, and I do truly feel our players do believe it, every time we step on the field, we can beat anybody, especially with our pitching and, of course, you mentioning our offense. You know, I, I also – talked to you about this a little bit yesterday and I think it's gone under the radar and I know it's an injury and people want to say okay we got enough you know that's always going to be the coach's manager we got enough but it's a pretty big blow when you lose one of your best players a guy that could have been a first round or high second round pick not only that a strategic position player at shortstop Freddie Zamora that's got to be a big loss and probably something you got to figure out still have to figure out as the season goes on well it is there there's you can't work your way around it or fumble around it or try to finagle yourself around it our kids players are smarter than us they know it, it's it's there we lost him we know he's gone for the year and we know the blow that it is he's our shortstop he's our starting shortstop and he probably would have been our third hole hitter like he was last year and he probably had a chance to go, Freddie, in my opinion, had a chance to go maybe in the first round, late in the first round, possibly. Um, all right, so you, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to have to figure it out. It is what it is. Reality is we lost one of our better players. And um, this, and I told the players this, and when I met with them the, the next day, really, when we found out that it was going to be a season-ending uh, injury, that the guy, the guys that are looking at me right now, which was the players, there's a lot of good players looking at me right now. A lot. We have a ton of good players. You know, um, one player cannot define the entire team. This is a team, and it's it's a terrible injury for Freddie. It's a terrible injury for our team and our program. But like in anything in life or sports, sports you lose great players, you're going to have to overcome it. Now, how do you handle that? How do you deal with it? You know, we're going to have to find ways maybe to win games differently than we would have if Freddie was on the team. But this team still is good enough to do that. And that's the beauty of being a very good team. And I think we are a very good team that we're, we can overcome that. And the players have to believe that. They have to understand that. And um, we have to figure that out. And so, you know, this, I've, this is still a very, very promising team that I'm excited about, Joe. I really am. And, uh, we just have to make the adjustments, the appropriate adjustments, to uh, make this happen and, and make it a successful season. You know, it's uh, uh, you, you said to me, we got this left-handed pitcher, Palmquist. He's going to remind you of Chris Sales. Yeah. And then, uh, then I saw him pitch, <laughs> yeah. and I said, oh, yeah, he does. He's a lefty that drops down. He, he's a freshman that's got a promising future. He does. I mean, he came in on Sunday, uh, the Florida Series, I think he threw three innings, about 35 pitches, and it was quick. They were quick, quick outs. He didn't waste much time. He went right after the hitters. And then, of course, on Sunday, 
the game, I guess you're talking about, he uh, came in the bases loaded yeah. with nobody yeah. out and got out <laughs> of it right. with no runs. That's right. And um, he's an unusual uh, look for, for hitters because he's a tall, lanky lefty that throws like similar to Chris Sale where he's got a little bit of drop down low three-quarter and the ball comes out of his hand very easily. It's a lot of velocity. He's got a good breaking ball. And so he's a guy that's going to play a major role for our team, as I told you, as we move forward. By the way, it was a heck of a catch by Thomas in right field. Bases loaded, nice shoestring catch. Yeah. Huge catch. Not the way you draw it up. No. I mean, he was on his knees, I think, when he <laughs> caught it. But the wind was, like, you know, the wind's blowing in. He was playing in shallow. Uh, the ball got knocked down as we all talked about the elements of this, the, the it's amazing how hard the wind's blowing in all weekend, but uh, he made a great catch. And of course that was the inning we're talking about where, you know, we, the bases loaded, nobody out and we got out of it. You know, I thought he showed, I don't know if he's played right field before, but I thought he yeah. showed some baseball instincts, hedging his bet a little bit. He came in to make the play. If it bounces by him, it's going to be a lot of trouble. Yeah. But he, you could see him trying to position his, his body so that if it did bounce, it, it was going to hit him in the chest or something. Well, he's a catcher. Yeah. So he understands he's going to keep the ball in front of him, and that's the kind of kid he is. He's got that mentality. So, yeah, no, he, uh, he, he did the right thing. If he wasn't going to catch it, it was not going to get by him. But you're right, if it did get by him, that's a big play. It's a huge play. You're talking about the bases loaded, and that probably would score all the runners on the bases and put the hitter in scoring position. So, Major play in a big situation. He's a guy we he has played some outfield, Joey. He, he caught in high school, but he also played outfield. Um, we've played him quite a bit in the outfield. Well, he's, he's the priority is catching, but we've played him some in the outfield, and we're we're trying to work him in different places because we're trying to get him in the lineup and his bat in the lineup, and you know, and so um, yeah, that's a major major play for us at a time where we needed it uh, in that in that inning. He's got a he's got a really he's got a nice swing. People are going to really enjoy uh, watching him as his career unfolds. He's got a beautiful swing. This week you're at FAU and then conference play starts. So a big week. It is. We got to keep it going. You know, look, we uh, it's a good bounce back after that weekend with the Gators, and we won four in a row. Uh, FAU is always a tough midweek games are always tough, especially. I mean, look, last week we had to do a walk-off with South Florida. These teams that we play in state, these midweek games, a lot of them, we all know the guys uh, in our state can play. FAU is always a very good program. We played them in the fall. Uh, They swing the bat. Uh, We're on the road for the first time, so it's going to be a big test for us. And then, of course, as you said, we play Pitt this weekend. We start the ACC, uh, you know, schedule. for. So it's 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 a big week. We're getting into the heart of everything here and uh, hopefully we can move forward after the four wins uh, over the week and push forward and continue. Yeah, Pitt, uh, people might not know, uh, but Pitt has put together some pretty good players uh, through the years. I think it was last year or the year before they had a hell of a shortstop. So uh, I would imagine that their program is going in the right direction so that would uh, be a, a tough yeah. series. And the first game, by the way, for fans, that's an afternoon game. It's a Friday afternoon game. Yeah, it's a ACC Network at three o'clock, which will be the second and last three o'clock game we play on a on a weekday. Uh, thank goodness, but that's the way it goes. So, yeah, hopefully, the fans can come out. We we appreciate it. On Wednesday, we played South Florida last week, a three o'clock game, and we actually had a pretty decent turnout for what you would think would be a tough uh, 
attendance crowd. But, you know, Pitt, the coach there, is, uh, he's a former Florida State player. He was a recruiter at Florida State before he got the job, the head job as the Pitt coach. Uh, Mike Bell, I've known him for a long time. He's a very good recruiter. He's going to do an excellent job at Pitt. And so uh, you're right. They've had good players uh, over the years. Uh, they've had good pitching. We've seen good pitching. They've had some good position players. I mean, we had a battle last year playing them, albeit in the snow, <laughs> uh, at their place to win two out of three. But it was a battle. And um, the ACC is a tough uh, conference. I mean, eight out of the 12 teams in our conference are ranked in the 20, top 25. So we got to be ready to play no matter who we play. And uh, our next opponent's our biggest one. That's FAU. All right, very good. I will see you on uh, Saturday. I got Saturday's games. So I'll see you on Saturday, if not before that. Okay. All right, great, Joe. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for being with us tonight, and uh, congrats Thank on the past you. week. Thank you very much. Have a good night. All Thanks, right. Joe. That's uh, University of Miami head coach Gino Damari. Thanks to Dan Day for uh, handling things in the command center. We'll talk to you on Wednesday from the Wasco Center when Miami plays Virginia. 9 o'clock tip-off will be on the air at 8.30 with countdown to Hurricanes tip-off. Thanks for joining us. Have a great night. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 